You're listening to What The Press? A conversation about business and WordPress. Brought to you by WP Maintain. Here's your host, Suraj Soda. Welcome to episode four of What The Press? A conversation about business and WordPress. Today we're going to be talking about a do-it-yourself approach to WordPress maintenance and building a, a business using WordPress. Now, we know that anyone can get started with WordPress and building a WordPress website, whether it's self-hosted or the WordPress.com version, if you're familiar with that. But a lot of people get stuck when it comes to properly maintaining a website and managing their site as their business grows. It's all fun and games in the beginning, but then as soon as something goes wrong or your business needs to grow and you need to add some functionality, that's where I personally find that that's where the most of the challenges arise and, and and people start to struggle. And on that note, I'm going to be talking to Lee Rickler, who's the director of Point and Stare, a London-based WordPress agency, and also happens to be, I think, one of the very first WordPress-focused people that I met in my career in WordPress maybe 12 years ago or so. And I'm going to be talking to him about some of the basics of looking after your own WordPress website properly and asking him to share some of his experience and insights in building a business with WordPress as its focus, but also to help you build a business website that works. So Lee, welcome to the show. Really good to have you here. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about about you and and about Point and Stare. As you said, yeah, um, I run Point and Stare, which is an online media agency that primarily over the last, what, 10 years or so, has been based on and worked with WordPress using it as a content management system and that's allowed us to to like design and develop everything from what you might uh, call basic brochure kind of style websites right away up to like online booking systems event management systems lots of e-commerce stores as well so that's the basics of what we're doing now when i first started in in the online industry uh, was actually back in 1996 when I got a uh, phone call from a friend of mine who was running a design agency. At that time, I was one of the only people I knew who had an email address, which was a bit like the the guy who invented the uh, telephone. You know, what's the point of that? Because you've got nobody to talk to. So he said, obviously, you've got uh, an email address, so you know everything about websites, how to build websites. Our client has asked us to design something but we don't know how to build it, so can you come along and build it? Turns out the client was Microsoft, and they wanted a gaming website. So, of course, I looked around for similar websites, find out how they're built, and uh, took it from there, basically. So a lot of making it up as I go along. It's funny you say that, because actually, I think a lot of web designers, a lot of graphic designers, don't like to admit that they draw inspiration from other sources and then make it make up their version as they go along and build out their portfolios. I personally think that's a totally okay thing to do. So I'm, I'm glad you, you got that out straight away. But you, so you've been you've been in WordPress for, for well over 10 years. You've been in web design and, and online media and, and development for a long time. I think you're probably the the most experienced guest we, we've had on this on this season, certainly. You must have seen so much change in WordPress as a platform from ten over 10 years ago. Why did you decide back then to focus on WordPress when it did a fraction of the things it can do today? 
Well, up until about um, about 2010, I think it was, we were literally hand-coding everything. It was, yeah, what you might call a classic web design, web development company. Well, I was freelancing up until then, really. But I was hand-coding everything from, you know, every project was basically HTML, CSS, those kind of things, which meant any function or content changes had to be requested through through me directly. The client had nothing to do whatsoever. Then uh, a lot of clients kind of said they they um, they wanted a website, but they want to be able to change stuff themselves. They wanted some kind of CMS, which would essentially mean something like they'd heard about WordPress, they'd heard about Drupal, or heard about Joomla, that kind of thing. And I didn't really know about WordPress at all, but I started digging around, and then I, I just assumed, like everybody else, it's just a simple, basic blogging platform, which it was then. So then we got, um, uh, we started digging around the phone. And actually, you know what? You can break this apart. You can use WordPress itself as the engine. And then you can design around that, build in lots of functionality. So then pretty soon we kind of got back to the work started to get around. If you want a WordPress website, and everybody seemed to want a WordPress website around about 2010, that that's the way we could, um, you know, we could accommodate that. Over the years, of course, you know, it's just naturally assumed people don't want a website anymore. They want a WordPress website, which is great for us. It is developed over the years from, yes, a basic blogging platform up to basically a content management system. And that's interesting you say that. People, even to, to us and, and to lots of other WordPress agencies that I've spoken to, they come to you and say, I want a WordPress website. What's the perception that, because, and, and I'm leading into this maybe false perception that WordPress is this really simple, easy to use platform. And I'm saying that out loud, I, I know it is. And people will be like, well, it is. WordPress is really simple. It's drag and drop and you can add pages and add blogs and you're in business. In reality, when you dig a bit deeper, we know there's a bit more to it than that. It's a bit more complex than that, especially when it comes to the maintenance. So how do you explain that side of things to people who come to you and say, hey, Lee, I want a a WordPress website, because I've heard all these great things about WordPress. Everyone I know has got one. And everyone said, it's really simple to have a WordPress website. You can do whatever you want with it, whether it's e-commerce or a simple blog or or everything in between. How do you sell maybe the downside of WordPress that, that is the maintenance and the aftercare and potential issues afterwards? Or do people come to you aware of those sorts of things? The common perception with WordPress is that because it's free software, it's cheap. And therefore, it's not going to cost me thousands, it's going to cost me tens. Then you, you get to know the client and they go, well, what I want is this, and I also want that, and I want a big uh, member system, and I want to sell stuff. And of course, these things add up. So the common uh, perception that it's free quickly goes out the window. Also, like anything online, any website uh, at all, whether it's built in WordPress, whether it's just common HTML, whether it's Joomla, whatever, it can be hacked. Anything on online can be hacked. There's a common misconception as well, people who don't understand website, is that it gets hacked. Well, of course, websites get hacked because people build them badly. They don't think about the security and they don't maintain it as well. Once we start talking about security and maintenance and ongoing those those kind of things, then the, yeah, the perception that it's free and cheap and easy goes out the window pretty quickly. And I, I think that's a really important thing to, to unpack and, and talk about a little bit more. Most of the, the listeners, most of our customers haven't built their own website. They've used a freelancer. 
good or bad in some cases. They've used an agency, also good or bad in some cases, who have used a, a theme and a handful of plugins, and they're basically in business. So we can talk for ages about how to build a better website using WordPress and some of the best practices that, that you would advise web designers and web builders and web developers to use. What about for the end customer who hasn't got a clue about how the website's been built? They're the end user, the business owner down the road. What kind of things can they do to prevent their website being hacked? What are some simple, basic, easy to understand tips that you can give a business owner who either doesn't have maintenance, doesn't have the budget for it, just wants to look after their own small website? What can they do to, to help prevent or mitigate themselves being hacked? If you're talking about purely uh, WordPress, there's, there's, as you mentioned right at the beginning, there's two different kind of WordPress platforms. There's WordPress.com and WordPress.org. Now, WordPress.com is a host, hosted service provided by Automatic, the founders of, of uh, WordPress itself. The good thing about using that is that it's, it's, they deal with all the security. They do it with all the updates. If something breaks, they fix it. You don't have to do that. If you've really got no idea how to build a website, I would strongly suggest going to WordPress.com, signing up for a service there. I think if you, you know, the, the, you can get a free one, but if you want to use a proper domain, make it look like a business, I think it's like £7 a month or something like that. The other side of it is WordPress.org, which is the free software that you download yourself and stick on your, on your server. Now, um, the downsides of using WordPress.com is that you are restricted in what you can do and what you can and can't do. If you download the uh, .org software and install it yourself, you're free to do whatever you like. The downsides of that, of course, is security. Then you've got to maintain it yourself. You're talking about hosting. You have to go and get a host. You have to talk about domains, those kind of things. The best thing to do, you know, you, you think about security right at the beginning. Use a, re a reliable host, not simply one that is a dollar a month cheaper. Because the thing is, you know, once you, once you start having problems, is the moment that you start having problems. You know, also, if there's a function you might need, there's usually a plugin on WordPress repository that can add functions as well to your, your website. So on WordPress.com, you're very limited in what you can do. And, and on, on that .org version, which is all of, for example, for us here at WPMN, all of our customers' websites are, are, are a self-hosted .org version, customized to a degree, either completely bespoke, developed, or using an off-the-shelf theme and, and a handful of, of plugins to, to add functionality to it, as opposed to them being coded or, or developed specifically for that business. What, what are some of the things that you should be looking out for, or not necessarily looking out for, but as a small business owner who's got a self-hosted website, they, they host it on, let, let's assume that they use a reliable web host. What are some of the basics that they should be doing? Things like backups, security checks. What, what kind of things can you advise a, a business owner to look out for if they're going to be doing this by themselves? The first thing to do is to, is to speak to other people that you trust, what they're using. If they're using a, a company for the maintenance, those kind of things, do due diligence on if you're using a developer, um, you know, research into their company, what they've done before, those kind of things as well. Do a really good Google search on, if you know, if you're going to ho go hosting with a company, search on them. Do Google searches on the company name, on uh, hack, on scams, WordPress, those kind of things, those kind of phrases uh, to find out what comes up. 
But, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. If you're looking to go with a hosting company or you're looking to go with a developer, send them e- an email, ask an, a real basic generic question and see how they respond and see how they come back. When you're installing plugins and things like that, if you go down the, the self-hosted route yourself, when you're installing plugins, don't just go and get a, a plugin that's cheap and easy and nasty, especially don't get any hacked uh, plugins because you'll probably find out that you're, they've installed a script or something like that. You see adverts all over your website that you didn't ask for, those kind of things. Go to reputable places to buy the plugins if you are going to buy a plugin or speak to people. We're always getting questions just out of the blue. I'm thinking of doing this. Uh, what do you reckon? What's the best way? If a company is approachable and trustworthy, then, you know, take their advice. But don't just go with the first uh, answer that comes back. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm, a, I'm actually a big advocate of plugins. Like I love a good plugin that works well, that adds functionality, doesn't break things and, and doesn't make your site more vulnerable. I'm all for that uh, from an efficiency point of view, from a cost savings point of view, rather than having to develop something for yourself. If something exists out there that you can pay a little bit of money for and, and add that functionality to grow your business faster, I'm all for that. But I know that that also has its downsides because these things are so widely available, even if it is a good premium plugin, well-developed, well-maintained, well-supported, things can go wrong. So I, I would I always advise our customers or people who come to us who are not necessarily our customers, because we do most of it for them, to say, well, if you are going to maintain your own website on your own hosting platform, make sure you're doing things like backups and checking your backups every now and then to make sure that your backups are good and, and they're not corrupted. Make sure you have a, you know, maybe one or two backup locations, not just backing up on your actual server, because if that whole server goes, then your backups kind of sync with it. Make sure you're, you're sending your backups off-site, you know, to a third-party storage. You can you can very easily these days synchronize it with the Dropbox or Amazon AWS account, buckets, all this sort of thing. Save it to your local computer if you really have to. There's loads of things like that. And, and the most basic common thing that we get inquiries about is something's not working on my website and you have a look at it and it's it's nine times out of ten down to a series of unupdated plugins. I can't stress how important that is, but also not to get too trigger happy and update things as soon as an update becomes available because they then can become compat- incompatible with your theme or with your server settings. So there's a bit more to it than that. But I would say those are the real basics, right? Like make sure your backups are done properly. Make sure you're, you have an SSL certificate, not just for security purposes, but we also know that's a Google ranking factor now. Make sure your plugins and your theme is updated and, and don't hoard plugins. I've seen websites, Lee, where we've taken over websites from, from other providers and they've got 60, 70 plugins installed on the WordPress website, even if you know, 50 of them are, are deactivated. It, it's almost like a hoarding mentality. And and a lot of people say, well, I might need that one day. And that just opens them up to, to being hacked because you often neglect a deactivated plugin, don't you? The other side of that is that, and I've had this a couple of times with clients, uh, yeah, as you said, because it says update, they've clicked update and it's broken the website. Uh, the reason is because they haven't tested it first. I mean, I've got a classic example a few years back. I was in Spain on the holiday, in a swimming pool, and I get a phone call from a client, our website's gone down. And I'm going, well, what happened? Nobody's touched it. I'm, you know, we're not working on it. So what's happened, mate? He goes, oh, I don't know. Nobody's done anything. 
basically uh, I found out because he's a big client and there's lots of people playing around with it all the time, I installed uh, like a tracker so I could tell what goes on, who's done what, that kind of thing. What happened was the CEO of the company had seen a plugin needed updated, hit update, got confused, turned the plugin off, and the whole site fell over. And uh, and I said, well, you know, somebody turned this plugin off. Why did they do that? He goes, oh, I've got no idea who did that or why. And it was the CEO. I could tell straight away. But uh, the majority of um, of our clients want a WordPress-based website because they want to be updated the content themselves. And this is perfect. But then they insist on sending the changes over to us or, uh, you know, to do for them instead. I mean, there are a lot of cowboys in this industry. And just because they can, they say they can do something for a few hundred quid doesn't mean you'll get anything that you can use. I think that the best thing people can do really is not be afraid of asking for advice, as I said. You know, do your due diligence and ensure everyone is clear on you know, like the project objectives. The other thing is also, you know, when starting out, people think they need to spend tens of thousands to get an all-singing, all-dancing, you know, wacky, waving website, when really they don't need an all-singing, all-dancing, wacky, waving website. You know, they can just sign up, as I said, to the WordPress.com uh, service. And once they've got clearer requirements and a proper budget, you know, then they can switch to something a bit more bespoke. Yeah, I, I think you, you, you've really hit the nail on the head there about just ask for advice and don't be afraid to ask. If you are going to go down this route you know, with a DIY approach, either building your own website or looking after and managing your own website once somebody else has built it for you, the easiest thing to do is ask for advice. And WordPress does have a great community feel to it, not just with, with agencies, but with freelancers, with marketplaces, with all the forums on the, on the plugin repository and, and on the plugin pages. There's often support forums. All you have to do is sign up using your WordPress account and, and ask questions and, and people will help you. And I, I really like that about the WordPress community that they're there to help. And, and I'm part of so many WordPress communities with other agency owners, business owners, end users, developers, and everyone is helpful. And that, that myth from back in the day where you, that you have to be ruthless in business and really you know, protective. I used to buy into that a lot, that you can't ask for help from someone in, the sim, in a similar space or line of work to you because they're going to be secretive. But actually, in reality, people are really helpful, especially in the WordPress community, because it's built based on sharing and, and that community or those community-driven values. And I found out, you know, forget about whether it's WordPress or whatever, we're talking about business here as well. The whole business has been based around helping and being open and being honest and being truthful. Plenty of times people come see, come to me and say, I want this, this and this, and I'm going, what it's going to cost you that much? And they go, well, I've only got 50 quid. And I go, well, we can't help you. But if you go this route and go that route and go that route, then, you you know, you can get what you want. And it's going to cost you a bit more, but it's basically, if you're going to say no, offer an alternative as well. We can't do it, but I know a guy who can. I like that a lot. And, and that's, you know, the, the true nature of being a, a helpful business, having a network. And that brings me on really nicely onto one of, one of the last things I want to talk to you about, uh, slightly away from WordPress itself, but about point and stare about how you've built an agency. What, what, what are some of your insights and experiences of growing a WordPress-based business? Or actually, no, scrap that. Not even just a WordPress-based business, just a business. What are some of the things that you've done to find customers 
to keep customers happy? How do you sustain a business for, for over a decade and, and stay in business? Pure luck. Um, <laughs> no, um, I mean, I, from day one, I've always been open about things. Um, you know, I can't do that, but I don't know a guy, a guy who can. I've based the whole business around uh, being totally small, totally flexible, only bringing in, you know, I work with a lot with freelancers. I'm not saying we just outsource everything abroad. Over, as you say, you know, it's been over a decade. I know loads of people in the WordPress industry who are so much better than me as well, and and some are awful. When a project requires it, I'll bring in certain people. I'm not that good at design. I'll bring in a designer. So the the budget and the timescale allows for a designer or a UX engineer or somebody to build an app, those kind of things. So rather than going, oh, yeah, we can do that, but we can't do that, I'll take on the project and be totally open with the client as well about I'm going to be using this guy for design, this guy for building the app, I'll project manage it. A couple of projects we've got, one project is for a Swiss client, the head of, there's two designers on it. One of them is in Paris and one of them lives in South London. There's another guy working with me on the development side of it and he's from Belarus. And I don't know where he is. One minute he's in Belarus, one minute he's over here. So, you know, but I've, I've known him for years. Uh, so I know I can trust him. He knows the project inside out. And then I sit in the middle and just project manage it that whole lot as well. And also because when the pandemic come up, a lot of people go, well, what do we do now? As long as I've got my laptop and uh, Wi-Fi, I can work from anywhere. It's, it's about being flexible. It's made no difference to me in that sense, the, uh, you know, the pandemic. And again, it's being open. You know, I need some time off as well, just the same as everybody else. Yes, I can fit that project in, but it's going to have to wait until September, October, November, those kind of things. And if that's not good enough, then not a problem. You know, we'll talk about it another time. But it's about being open, being honest. And, and I've kind of carried that all through for running the business. The way we met, Lee, well over a decade ago was through local business networking, breakfast networking clubs and, and things like that. And I know we, we both did that for a very, very long time. How did you find that worked for you? And, and is that something you, you recommend people go to today, you know, aside from issues around the pandemic and social distancing and things like that as a, as a business strategy, how has that worked for you as a small business owner and, and staying small on purpose, which I really like, well, how much importance do you place on, on those types of communities? Networking is, is essential in a business. A lot of people go to networking right at the beginning. Uh, they go networking and go, right, I'm going to sell, I'm going to sell, sell, sell. But if everybody goes to networking just to sell, who's buying? Nobody's buying. When I first got into networking as well years ago, it was purely because I needed an accountant. My first tax return came in and I looked at it and I felt physically sick. And it was at that point that I thought I needed. Is that because account. of how much money? Is that because of how much money you'd actually made that year? Yeah, no, it's it <laughs> I couldn't fill out my name seriously. Yeah. And I thought I need an accountant, but I don't know any accountants at all. How can I find an accountant? I know what. I'll go to the, uh, the yellow pages, but of course you don't know who you're going to get. And then I found out about networking. Got into networking. I thought, oh, this is brilliant. Within a couple of months of networking, I found an accountant I could use, and I trusted. The other side of networking as well is um, for building up collaborations, building up the business. You know, I've just met this guy who does basically what I do, but he's so much better than me. He takes a completely different approach that I didn't even know about. I'm going to bring him in on this project. I want to learn from him. And also it's, it's marketing as well, getting your name out there. 
and talking to people. Nobody's going to walk into a, a networking meeting and go, where do I sign? immediately but they will come back to you when they need your services they heard about you from this guy who, who you met and they're working I, I need your services how can we work together so there's lots of little facets with networking that's why networking itself is totally totally essential for building a business yeah absolutely and I, i've seen how networking organizations have adapted over the last year and a half or so with with everything moving online but it, it's one of the things that i have really enjoyed over the years, aside from the fact that it's helped us grow awareness and collaborations, like you said, but also to find suppliers for various things for, for a small growing business. I just like it as a, as a small business owner to have other small business owners to go and hang out with. And the business that came out of it and the everything else became a bit of a bonus. And yeah, you're absolutely right. It is essential. And, and I, I totally agree with, with, with what you just said about how to go about networking and it shouldn't be something that you go in and just use as a potential selling ground because no one's going to buy from you and it always reminds me of that that saying that you know everyone likes to buy something but no one likes to be sold to so bear that in mind when you go networking brilliant but Lee you've given us you know some really good uh, insights some some food for thought there and I really appreciate you sharing some of your experience with us as well. If anyone wants to stay in touch with you or keep up to date with what Point and Stare are doing, get some WordPress tips. Like we said, this is a community-driven approach with WordPress, with customers and with agencies alike. Where can people find you online? Well, all over the shop. Depends where you are, really. Um, Twitter is the main, is a really good one, forward slash Point and Stare. LinkedIn, just look for Lee Rickler or Point and Stare on, on, on LinkedIn as well. They're the main two at the moment. But yeah, if you're in Russia or whatever, there's different platforms for that as well. Brilliant. Well, Lee, look, it's been a pleasure speaking to you again. It's been great to see you and I look forward to, to, to catching up with you again. Excellent. Thanks loads. Thanks, Lee. Well, that's all for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did speaking to Lee from Point and Stare. Don't forget to like and share this episode on your social media platforms. And of course, review us on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, you can find us at WP Maintain on all the usual social media platforms uh, that you're on. Make sure you DM us or or, uh, send us a message to let us know about your thoughts on this episode and this topic. Uh, If you have any questions for me or for Lee, make sure you drop them in into our DMs or send us an email. You can also let us know about any future topics that you want us to speak about. Until next time, thanks for listening. You're listening to What The Press, a conversation about business and WordPress. Brought to you by WP Maintain.